Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. A new day. The day is probably, to me, the most distinctive measure of time. It was the first measure of time created or at least mentioned by God. In the book of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Years, hours, and minutes are just simply not as noticeable as a day. I don't know if you've ever been, it depends on the situation you're in, you're like, you know, how long has it been? Have we been sitting here five minutes? Have we been here 30 minutes? Have we been, sometimes it's not as distinguishable. Even a year, you know, has it been a year since that happened? And, and, and all of these, of course, these units of time were all made by God, but there's just something about a day. There's no mistaking a new day, is it? Uh, a new day is you go to bed, it gets dark, you wake up, and there it is. It's a new day. There's something about a new day. And I want to talk about three different things that a new day brings. If you're taking notes, the first thing that a new day brings is a freshness. Everybody say freshness. After a bad day is over, you wake up fresh the next day and ready to go. Many times a good night's sleep, and if you want to talk about it in today's terms, a reboot gives everything a, a fresh perspective. And if you've ever dealt in any kind of technical advisory or anything, uh, ever had a phone problem, ever had a computer problem, ever had one of those things, what's the very first thing that you're supposed to do? Turn it off and turn it back on. This is a free. I didn't come here to give you any tech advice today, but I'm just going to give it to you anyway. Uh, if you're ever having any kind of problem with any kind of electronic device, before you go sitting on hold for 75 minutes, I, I encourage you to turn it off and turn it back on because a lot of times that will fix it. And you know, sometimes it feels like that in life, doesn't it? It feels like there's just something about a new day. You got a bad day. Everything Things go gone wrong. Everything's gone bad, and you just say, "I'm just, I'm, I'm done." Sometimes we joke with each other. Uh, our family, we pick at each other a whole lot, and so I'll just go ahead and get Jamie because we pick at her sometimes when she comes home and she's tired, and she just be, "I'm done for the day." I'm done for the day. I'm finished for the day. I'm done for the day. Come on. How many of you ever felt like that before? You get home. I'm done for the day. I'm finished for the day. I need to go to bed. I need to go to sleep. And when I wake up in the morning, it's going to be better. How many of you know that's true? Some, especially with them right now. I know I'm not saying if you go and go to sleep, you wake up, everything's going to magically be changed. But there is something about a, a new day that after you've gone to bed and you've had proper rest, and, and can I say this, that God God teaches in the Bible. How many of you still believe in the Sabbath day? God teaches about rest. You read through the Bible. He teaches about rest for the land. And I've mentioned this a little while back, the Lord willing, probably in this new year, I'm going to do a series on the Ten Commandments, and I believe that rest is necessary. And that new day brings that freshness. Now, I know that some of us here have had a difficult year in this past year of 2022. Some have faced sickness in this past year. Some have faced job changes. Maybe you wanted it, maybe you didn't. 
Some have faced difficulties in finances. Some have lost loved ones over this past year. But listen, I've come today to remind you on this first Sunday of 2023 that your difficulty will not last forever. Somebody say amen. The book of Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31 tells us, but they, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now that word, that scripture there, probably a lot of y'all can quote like to talk about, but they that wait. <laughs> Sometimes it's just one of those things where, where we have to wait. But the good news is that when you do wait, that you will renew your strength, that you will mount up with wings as eagles. In fact, the book of Psalms chapter 30 and verse 5 says, for his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. You see, I just need to speak to somebody today under the sound of my voice and remind you, just hold on a little bit longer. It, if you'll just hold on, I believe there's something about a new day and a new year that will bring a freshness to your life. I came to tell somebody, I believe God in 23 can give you a freshness. I'm not saying that everything's going to be perfect. I'm not saying that everything's going to work out exactly like you want it to, but I do believe that God can bring in a new year and a new day a freshness to your life that you need. If you need that and you believe that, somebody say amen. The second thing today, don't flip out. This is true. This is number two. We're already moving that fast. The second thing that I believe a new day will bring is change. Everybody say change. Now, we know, can I preface this? I know, obviously, I can't remember who it was. Maybe Brother Eric said it this morning already. There's only one thing that doesn't change, and that's God. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. But how many of you know everything else is changing around us? You see, no day is the same as another. You see, there's a, a, a little memory that I have where the Clarence Tillman once said to a group of us, we were eating at Red Lobster after a camp meeting service in the late 90s. He said this, I want y'all to remember something. There will never be another moment like this moment. We could all meet here again with the same people and even wear the same clothes, but things will be different. This moment can never be duplicated. You know, and I know as we've been through this holiday season, a lot of you have realized that as we have some of us, we've sat around the same table, and some of us, it's been the same people as last year. Sometimes some are missing because they've gone on to be with the Lord, but it doesn't matter uh, how you try to duplicate it. This moment can never be duplicated again. Now, this is such a true thought, and it applies to both good times and bad times. If the moment is good, embrace it and be thankful for it. I'm going to say that one more time. If the moment is good, embrace it and be thankful for it. Now, I don't know how much I've said about this here before, but in my life I have found myself. One thing that, that, that Jamie and I both have, have found is the fact that so many times it's so easy to be thinking about what's next and what's ahead that you don't enjoy what you're in in the right here and the right now. They sang a song in that, in, the, in that gyra song that they sang today. I had no idea they were going to sing that. And in that, it talks about a contentment. 
Now, I know that we, especially as Pentecostals and especially in a town like this, in a college town where people are achieving and, and people are wanting to achieve things and, and we don't want to be satisfied, we want to be climbing, we want to be moving, and then that's all fine and good. But how many of you know that the Bible does talk about there is something called godly contentment? Because we can become so, uh, so focused and so overwhelmed and so consumed with getting to that next level or getting to that next place or doing that next thing that we don't even ever enjoy where we are at right now. Now, please don't say, well, the pastor's just encouraging us not to go for anything, not to try to achieve anything. Not, not absolutely not. But what I am truly contentment, and you've got to enjoy the blessings that God has given you right here and right now. Sometimes you just got to stop and say, God, thank you for the health that is in my body. Thank you for the food that is on my table. Thank you for the job that I have. Thank you for the home that I have to live in. Thank you, God, because you have given me more blessings than I ever deserve. And now, yes, I may, I may work and I may move forward and try to achieve something else, but don't become so consumed with the next thing that you don't enjoy what you have right now. So if the moment is good, embrace it and be thankful for it because what do we know? It's never going to be the same again, is it? I, I, I think about that, and we, we've had a couple of not super serious moments, but you know, Jaden's a high school senior, and so we know as we're getting to this point in time, there are years, you know, when your kids are certain ages that, hey, next year's not really going to bring about that much change. But, but, but this year, it's been like this is the last one. Who knows what next year is going to hold? If the moment is good, enjoy the moment. Somebody say, enjoy the moment. And if the moment is bad, be thankful it's going to pass because on the flip side of that, there are those moments in time where everything is bad, and it seems like all hell is coming against you, and it seems like if it can go wrong, it is going wrong. Come on, somebody. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It seems like things just overwhelm you at times. With Friday night, this last, not this past Friday night, the Friday night before, I had went up to the girls. They had ran up to Jamie's parents for a couple of days, and I'd went up to Houston to my aunt's. I'd left at one o'clock in the afternoon. I got back here at nine o'clock, and when I got back into the house, lo and behold. There was an ice maker line that ran, runs through the attic in the parsonage, and it had frozen, and it had thawed out, and the kitchen ceiling was laying in the kitchen floor and on the kitchen cabinets, and it was flooded. And in the moment of that, thank the Lord that there's a couple of folks came and helped me out, and I appreciate them, and, and it's, it's good right now. Back together, we'll get it fixed. But listen, I'm trying to tell you, we get in stuff like that, and as I'm sitting there, I'm in the middle of this and trying to go and get the water. It's already like 20 or 50. 15 degrees as it was, and trying to get the water turned off. And I'm like, oh, dear God, how, how are we going to have Christmas here? How are we going to do anything? Come on, anybody ever been like that before? You find yourself in the middle of stuff. And I know that they're really, in the scope of eternity, it's not that big. Earlier in the year, I sat in the hospital waiting room up at Tupelo while they were taking my daddy's heart out of his chest and doing it. And you think, you know, God, how what's going to happen? What's going to go on? But thank God this past week, he's back on the 
road, back driving a truck. What am I telling you? I'm telling you in the same way as when it's good, you better enjoy it because it's going to change. But when it's bad, a new day brings change. And if everything's going wrong, if there's water coming out of your kitchen ceiling, if you're laying in the, if you're in the hospital room, everything's going bad. If you would just hold on, it's not going to stay that way forever. Things are going to change. The season is going to pass. Just don't quit and don't give up. Either way, things change. In fact, the only thing besides Jesus, the only thing that will remain the same is that things are going to continue to change. You see, I believe when Jesus gives you a new day, things should change in our lives as well. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You see, I believe that there's something that happens when Jesus Christ, when I read to you this text that we read today, when I read to you about this more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. What do we just, we just, last Sunday was Christmas Day, and we talked about the light of the world. I preached to you from the book of John and how the light was the light of this world, and men didn't recognize it, but the light came. That light was who? It was Jesus. Jesus came, and this light shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. I know that I've been talking about a day in the physical sense and also talking about a new year and the freshness, but I need to tell you today that more than all of that, that Jesus Christ can bring you to a new day and a new place in your life, and he will never, one thing about Jesus is that he will not leave you the same as when he founds you. There's a problem in Christianity today that people get all tore up and get all upset. So, well, some want to say, you know, you need to be perfect before you can come to Jesus. Absolutely not. But then some say, well, you know, you can just be how you are, and God's going to love you anyway. Both of those are wrong. Listen, Jesus came to seek and save those who are lost. But listen, any time that anybody ever came in contact with Jesus, they didn't walk away from him the same way they came. The woman at the well had a problem. She slept around. She had a whole lot of husbands, but Jesus loved her anyway. But before they left there, Jesus said, don't you live that way no more. It's time for you to turn things around and live a different lifestyle. I'm telling you that it doesn't matter if they're gay, if they're lesbian, if they're a gangster, if they're a drug dealer, a rapist, a murderer, they can come to Jesus. But when they leave the presence of Jesus, they will leave differently than when they came there. He'll give you a new talk. I, listen, I, I got a problem with some of these cussing preachers now. I'm just going to leave that there. We ought to talk different, Christians. We, we ought to have a different dialect. We ought, we ought not to talk the same way that the world does. He'll give you a new walk. We ought to walk differently. Now, I'm not talking about the way you walk physically. I'm talking about the lifestyle you live ought to be different. Once you come in contact with Jesus, we ought to have a new outlook on life. You see, you don't need to find yourself. You need to find Jesus. 
How many young people have said over the year, you know, I just, I just need to go and find myself? Well, good luck. Because you don't really need to find yourself. You need to find Jesus. Can I tell you, this world has got so many things backwards and turned around. You don't need, you don't need to go out trying to find yourself. You just need to find Jesus. You don't have to wander around and try to find who you are. and What you need to do is find Jesus, and he will tell you because he's the one that made you in the first place, and he can tell you what you need to be and what he has intended on you to be. Well, here's the deal. Change doesn't just end just because you become a Christian, just because you get saved and things change. It doesn't just end there. There's a word. There's a word we don't talk about a whole lot more in the church. There's a word called sanctification. Oh, man, throw that out there on the first Sunday of the year. There's a word called sanctification. And, you know, listen, I don't, you may not want to get into this. I know it's Sunday morning, but some used to debate, well, is it instantaneous or is it progressive? I believe it's both. I believe God will begin to change things, but listen, I don't think there's a person on this planet except for Jesus that's perfect. And every single one of us, every day that we live, I believe we should be allowing him to do a sanctifying work in us through his word and through his spirit. That every single day I need to be trying, Lord, make me more like you. Lord, less of me, more of you. Let there be less of me and what I want and let there be more of you and what you want. Let me be less like like me and what I want to happen. And I want more of your will, not my will, but thy will be done every single day. That we strive to be more like Jesus. There's an old song in that red back hymnal. We used to sing it at Thorn all the time. He abides. One of those verses says, There's no thirsting for the things of this world. They've taken wings. Long ago I gave them up, and instantly all my night was turned to day. All my burdens rolled away, for the comforter abides with me. You see, I believe that when Jesus comes, he wants to change us. Every single day of our lives that we become more and more like him. What else is there? I believe there's change in the church. Somebody say, uh-oh. <laughs> Nobody's even said, man, y'all are. Mark chapter 2 and verse 22, and no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine doth burst the bottles, and the wine is spilled, and the bottles will be marred. But the new wine must be put in new bottles. Listen, styles come and styles go. Now, I think you know me. If you've been here very long, you know, my, you know me. You know my thoughts on things. You know that there's some things we can't let go on. There's doctrine. There's crucial, critical things that we can't allow to change. But when it comes to styles, styles come and styles go. If you want to sometime, you could come back up here, and up in this baptistry is still some of the original orange carpet that was in this building when it was built. <laughs> Come on, any of y'all still alive? Some of y'all remember this orange carpet that used to be in here. If you weren't here, you may remember. So I've been in a few churches that back in the baptistry still or back in a closet somewhere is still the orange. Come on, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all seen some of that orange carpet before. Listen, carpet comes and styles come and styles go. Sometimes it's carpet, then it's hardwood floors. Lord, you watch some of these how, these shows where they're gutting these houses and everything. You pull up years of, you know, the original wood floors, and then they come back, and they want to put carpet on top of that, but then they decide, then the styles change again, and they do what? Pull the carpet back up and pull that up. Oh, look at the original wood floors when somebody 35 years ago said, them wood floors are ugly, covered up with carpet. Y'all know what I'm talking about. 
Styles come and styles go. Preachers come and go. That's right. I listen. I know you say, oh, God, is he planning? I'm not planning on going anywhere, but I'm just telling you. Preachers come and preachers go. Members come and members go. But the only thing that remains is Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Finally, and I'm done. A new day brings second opportunities. Some days you mess up big time. But a new day brings second opportunities. I've never shared this before because really it's a little bit embarrassing and my family will probably laugh at me. We've all messed up at times. I won't ever forget we were still in Loosedale. It was a hot, hot South Mississippi day. I'd already been through one car rider line. And I'm just going to tell you, I love the folks down in George County. I love their good schools down there, but their car rider lines are horrific. I think I done sat for 40 minutes in one to pick up Molly Kate. And then I go over to the middle school. And I'm sitting in line there. And I'm sitting there, and I've got the door open to the van. And I've been sitting there. And I'm waiting. I'm right there with, with traffic. I'm waiting to move up or do whatever in the world they tell me. And I'm sitting there in our van. I've got the side door open already so that I'm not holding them up and so Jaden can jump in real quick and we can keep the line moving one of the teachers that was on that line duty got over to the door and started hollering at me I threw that van in park and I got out of that van and I started yelling at her I was like you're not going to yell at me woman I'm like, you may yell at kids like that, but you are not yelling at me like that. I had to go back. I apologized to the principal. I apologized to the teacher. I will say the lady behind me in the line messaged me on Facebook and said they've been needing somebody to do that to them. <laughs> but I left there, and I felt like garbage because I lost my cool. I lost my temper. Hey, we all mess up, don't we? Maybe none of y'all do. Maybe I'm the only one with a story like that. Maybe none of y'all have ever told anybody they're number one in traffic or anything like that. You've never lost that. But just, just in case, just in case some of you, like me, have ever messed up. The great thing is some days you mess up big time, but a new day brings second opportunities. And I'm thankful that when I read this Bible that I find that God is a God of second opportunities. And he doesn't throw us away. In fact, you read, I believe I've preached since I've been here, from the story in Jeremiah when he goes down to the potter's house. Now, sometimes there's, there's a mar there, isn't it? And it's always in the material. It's, it's, it's not a problem with the potter. Somebody say amen. It's not a problem with the master. It's not a problem with God as he's shaping us, but there can be mars. There can be problems in the material. And he may have to do some reshaping and some remolding. And sometimes we may have to swallow our pride and we may have to apologize sometimes and repent sometimes. Now, I know that we always want to talk about feeling good. Listen, sometimes we need to feel bad. Sometimes when we, when we sin, when we do wrong, we should feel bad. That's conviction. Now, there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. 
When you apologize, when you make it right and you get it under the blood and it's forgiven, then it's time. Then after you just keep holding on to that, that's, that, that's condemnation there. But listen, we should feel conviction when we do wrong. We look at second opportunities. We look at Jonah in the city of Nineveh. We know the whole story. I'm not going into the whole well and all that, but you can go back and read it. It's a very short book. But Jonah finally got to the city of Nineveh, and he preached repentance. And what happens? They repented. And God forgave them. Can I give you this? I know a lot of us, we're all, I mean, I think all of us, we're always glad when we can get a second chance, aren't we? We're always good when we can get a second opportunity. But can I throw this out to you on this first day of the year? Sometimes we got to be able to give somebody else a second chance too. Just as much as I got out and hollered at that teacher and hoped that she would give me a second opportunity and forgiveness, probably we've all been done wrong by somebody in the past before. And maybe be somebody here Maybe somebody here in 2023, what, what you need is to give somebody else that's wronged you a second opportunity also. Because I'm telling you, it's going to be just as good for you as it is for them. In fact, I'll tell you, it's probably going to be better for you than it was for them. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Find out more about us, follow us on social media at Starkville COG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at startvillecog.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.